to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Welcome back, listeners. This month of September is National Suicide Prevention Month, and I invited a guest back on my show, Barbara Rubel, and she's going to share with us a few things today for those of you who maybe you know someone who's experienced suicide, um, maybe uh, at some point you're going to know someone who experienced suicide, and, and what do we do? What, what What has someone who's gone before us in those shoes, what have they experienced that will hopefully help you realize it's okay to have the feelings that you feel. It's okay to have the thoughts and your world does change and it stops. And I love what Barbara's going to share with us today because it just helps us understand and put ourselves in other shoes who are experiencing it or um, not that we would want that for any of us, but uh, perhaps if it's something you or I might experience one day ourselves. So three weeks prior to giving birth to triplets, Barbara Rubel's father died by suicide. Her story was featured in an Emmy Award-winning documentary, Fatal Mistakes, and she shares her story in her recent book, But I Didn't Get to Say Goodbye. Barbara is a board-certified expert in traumatic stress, and she's here today to help you understand the effects of trauma and help build your resilience Yes, even through laughter, optimism, and self-compassion. Barbara, welcome back to Momnificent. Thank you. Thank you so much for caring about suicide loss survivors like myself. We, we need programs like this that focus on suicide postvention and to realize that we're not alone. Yeah, postvention. That's so good. And I love that not alone piece. Uh, because recently I had a friend whose father passed away and I had interviewed a lady who had lost her husband, but loss and grief is loss and grief. There's no scale of loss and grief. And I shared with her that podcast episode because it just helped me understand that there's a lot of things that you have to realize it's okay to validate how you're feeling and what you're thinking because you might think, well, I shouldn't be feeling this or I shouldn't be thinking that. And so um, let's go back to when you heard about um, what happened, um, unfortunately with your father, what were your thoughts at that time? Like, what were you feeling? When my husband came into the hospital room, because I had to keep my three babies in utero, I was about to give birth to them in the hospital. And he shared with me that my father ended his life. I could not believe it. I'm about to give birth to your first three grandsons and you kill yourself. How, how can, how can this be? Why would you do this? And, and especially now, right before becoming a grandpa. So I had all of these questions, but my mom told him, listen, Barbara's in the hospital. Do not share with her that, that her dad just died by suicide. But she needs to you know, stay okay. She can't go to the funeral anyway. She can't do anything. So why tell her? But he did the right thing. He did the right thing by being honest with me. I immediately called her and she tried to act like nothing was wrong. 
And I said, mom, dad just, dad just died. And she said, well, why did he tell you he shouldn't have told you? And it made me realize that we must be honest. We must be honest about the suicide. No lies, no waiting to tell, especially with children. I know you work with so many kids. When there is a suicide, be honest with the child at an age and developmental level, share that that person is dead and they ended their life by suicide. And the way you explain that is based on your faith, your culture, their age. But I was, yes, an adult, but I'm still that little girl whose daddy just died by suicide. Yeah. And, and what was it that actually like pulled you through that time? How were you able to go on? Being a mom. Be, and I love your podcast name, Omnificent, because being a mom, you have such strength, this inner strength that says you need to do this. You need to be okay to take care of your babies. My babies at the time were in utero, but they were born three weeks later. And as people came into the hospital room, with balloons and cards and presents for the triplets in the same breath, they'd say, oh my gosh, I just saw the babies. I'm so sorry about your dad. And in that moment, this feeling of, am I sad? Am I happy? What, what am I feeling? I knew that I was a mom who had to keep it together for my kids. And knowing that I was this new mom taking care of three, three babies, I needed to find that inner strength. So it's faith, it's making meaning, it's moving into my greatest strengths, whatever it was in that moment, I had to dig deep to the core of my sense of self so I could be okay, keep his memory alive and create a legacy for my children. And I wholeheartedly believe that we are stronger than we think. I love that you brought that up because there have been times when that phrase has has rang through somewhere and came from somewhere and gave me the strength to go on. And maybe someone listening to this um, is in a situation and they can't really grieve and they can't really go through uh, the, the loss of that and really let their experience their feelings, feel it. And really that's, that is part of the grieving process. So what would you say if, if, if you're in the middle of something and you can't just, um, it can't just all like fall apart for you just to have your moment of grief. Like you, you had your three kids, you, you went on, but then at what point, uh, um, did you like sort of like experience that? And then what would you say to someone I'd say be kind to yourself, be self-compassionate, and recognize that you grieve in your own unique way. You do it in your own unique way on your own time span. People around us want us to be okay. They want us to be like we were before our loved one died by suicide, but we are not the same. Our whole world, our assumptive world has been challenged. Our sense of self of who we are in the world has changed. And just be kind, go slow, and recognize that you are grieving and that it's a lifelong process that ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. And so you on the screen, for those of you who can see the screen, if not, you can go to the YouTube video of this episode. You have a free resource for our listeners today, um, a suicide loss. It's a survivor's palette of grief. Can you tell us maybe um, uh, what prompted this? How did this come about and, and, and share this free resource with our listeners? Karen, the babies were only a few weeks old. 
and I love to paint watercolor painting. One night, about two o'clock in the morning, I was up all night taking care of three babies, constantly feeding, exhausted. But I was painting while I was waiting for them to get up any minute. It was every two hours or even less, if I recall. And I was painting a beautiful flower and my hand hit the glass and it spilled all over the painting. And I realized in that moment that that's what grief looks like. It's a mess. It is a mess of colors and colors of emotions and cognitions and behaviors and physical sensations and religious beliefs and spiritual beliefs. It's, it's, it's just a mess. It's this palette of color. And that's how I created the palette of grief, explaining to people that there are no, no stages that you have to go through. You're not angry and then you go through that and then or there's another stage. It, it doesn't make any sense. Grief is a process of all these colors that last throughout our lifetime. And sometimes we have more feelings here and less behaviors there or more physical sensations here and less spiritual relations there. It's just different. So I explained the different feelings, but with, with grief, with survivors, there is persistent longing and yearning for our loved one. We want them back. They ended their life, so we are in shock. That emotional shock stays with us for, for quite some time because we just cannot grasp that they did this. So we are angry. We are, are filled with rage. We're confused. How can this happen? And how can this happen right before they were going into college or they just went shopping and uh, bought a whole new wardrobe for their vacation or they were about to get married? We were so confused because we don't understand it and it, it impacts our body, our, our headaches and chest pain, gut problems, sleep problems. We are rejected. My dad rejected me, even though I loved him and he loved me and we had a great relationship. In that last moment, when he ended his life, he rejected me and my babies right before I'm about to give birth. Abandonment. How could, how could he leave? And there's stigma. And of course, that stigma related to the trauma of what happened. This was a traumatic event. So Many survivors are preoccupied with the deceased. They're preoccupied with how they took their life, but they're preoccupied with the suicide. And they ask, why? Why did you take your life? Why? Why now? Why did you do this? Why? Why? Why didn't you come to me? Why? Over and over again. And one suggestion, if you are helping a suicide loss survivor, you don't have to explain why. You don't have to say, uh, well, they were in physical pain or they had a disease or they had serotonin levels that were blah, blah. We don't need that. We just need you to listen to us as we struggle with that question for the rest of our life. Yeah. And it, is it a question that has gone unanswered for you or how have you, have you sort of made peace with with that my father left a suicide note explaining why he ended his life however the why gets convoluted the why is yes you might have done it because of this or that but what about me mm. and it always comes back to the survivor 
and what we could have done, what we should have done, feeling that 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 guilt or whatever emotion comes up, we will always struggle with why, even if we are given the answers through a psychological autopsy or a suicide note or a phone call where I speak to so many people who say, well, you know, I was on the phone with them before they ended their life. We are given the why but we still ask it because we're human and we're struggling with the how, how can you do this? How can you do this to us? Yeah. And so for those listening, what, what does this palette of grief when they download it, what will it give them? What will it help them with? Well, it will explain what impacts their grief. And so there are so many variables or factors or determinants of grief that impact the way you respond to the loss. Did you find the body? What was it like to view the body? Where was the person when they ended their life? Was it in a hotel? Were they on vacation? Was it in your home? Who did the death notification? And what was that like for you? So often the nurse or the physician in the hospital or the police officer becomes a part of the the narrative. So what was death notification like? It was traumatic and sudden. It was unexpected. It was untimely. My father's death was untimely right before I was about to give birth. There might be multiple suicides in the family. Other things that will determine how you grieve is your faith, your culture, not having any anticipatory loss. My mom died when she was on hospice. I was also a hospice bereavement counselor for many years. People had the opportunity to say goodbye to their loved one. With a suicide, there's no anticipatory grief. Are you finding meaning? Can you make sense out of this senseless act? You might feel disenfranchised in your grief or stigmatized. It might be an ambiguous loss because they are physically absent, but psychologically they're still in the room. How close were you? How, what was their age? What type of griever are you? Are you an instrumental griever or intuitive griever? I'm an instrumental griever. What that means is like I'm Jack, like Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, very stoic in my grieving. I, I'm not a crier. So other people may think those type of grievers aren't grieving, but in fact, we are because we're doing. I wrote, wrote a book. I got involved with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I, I facilitated a support group. So it's the pattern of grief. We have to look at all the stressors that are in our life. Social media, what are other people saying about our loved one on Facebook? and all of the losses and all of the non-death related losses. We also have to look at the canvas. How stable is your life? How many past losses have you had? Also pre-existing trauma, childhood trauma, childhood abuse, high ACEs scores, your mental health, how you're coping, all of that will impact your grief. And there is a model of grief called the dual process model. And what these researchers found is that we can oscillate in our grief. We go back and forth so we can cope with all the losses or we can move away from the losses. We can move into the loss by, by linking objects or giving away things or going to the, to the cemetery, putting a flower at the grave or attending to just life, going to work, being a parent, doing whatever you do. But we don't have to stay in our grief. We can go in and out of our grief. 
And the last one that I wanted to just share with you, the other uh, model is wardens for task-based model, where you accept the reality of loss through time, you process the pain in your own way and your own time schedule, you adjust to this world where the deceased is missing, they just go missing, and you, you find this enduring connection to them as you embark on this new life without them but they're still present in your life spiritually. So as a suicide loss survivor, when they download this hand handout, it'll show them that they are grieving a certain unique way because they are a suicide loss survivor, that there are at least 50 things that impact their grief that they may not even have been aware of and that there are ways to manage the painful experience of loss. So good. Thank you. Is there something you would say to someone listening who's experienced this and something you would tell them to stop doing? I would say stop being so harsh on yourself. Stop beating yourself up. I do this program for so many professionals as well as those who are bereaved. And because of COVID, I had to do a lot in, in, in chat. And I would read the chat after the program because I didn't have the opportunity while I'm speaking. And people are so unkind to themselves. They, it's all my fault. I should have known. I could have done something. It's me, 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 me. And we have to realize that we're not that powerful. Mm. Just be kind to yourself and focus on what you did have in the relationship, the good things, the things you were able to give them when they were alive, the beautiful moments, the moments of laughter, the moments of those hugs, the, the good times. And, and look into Kristen Neff's work on self-compassion to be kind to yourself when you really truly want to just sit in a corner and, and just do nothing and beat yourself up. Don't, just yeah. don't do it. Instead, be kind, be loving to yourself. And what is it unique about a suicide loss survivor's grief reactions? Mm. Well, those grief reactions are intense. So if you experienced a homicide, a car crash death, a drug misuse death, which is also my specialties, you will have the same type of shock, confusion, chest pain. But what the research shows with suicide loss survivors is the intensity of that grief. It's not just anger, it is rage. It's not just confusion, but you feel like you're losing your mind. It is the intensity of that. And many people experience normal grief. I hate to say the word normal, but you know, normal grief with this intensity, because this is a normal process for suicide loss survivors, but if the intensity stays with the suicide loss survivor for over a year and they have certain criterion, there are eight criterion of prolonged grief disorder, then I really recommend that they get some prolonged grief disorder therapy or meaning making work with a, a therapist who, who works with suicide loss survivors. Because there are ways to manage this intense painful experience, especially if you have prolonged grief disorder. Thank you. And knowing what you know now, pretend we could go back in time. What would you tell yourself after experiencing your father's loss? Mm. 
make meaning, make meaning of the death, do something with it, keep the memory alive. There's um, a loss narrative. And what that means is tell the story of the death. So if I had to go back, I would continue talking about my father. I would make sure I keep my boundaries with people who say, do this or that, say, no, this is what I need to do. Um, on the handout that uh, we're providing your listeners and your viewers today, there is a whole slew of things such as bibliotherapy, seek out books on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, and on, on the topic of suicide awareness and postvention. Um, look at photos. A lot of people get a tattoo. Um, ask for a sign. Plan for the future. Develop a hobby. You have to relearn your world as you continue the bond with your loved one and continue keeping them in your life. There are moments of awe. So when you go outside and you look at the sky, talk to them. They can hear you. Journal, poetry, music, dance, rituals, meaning-making opportunities are around you. Just find what works for you. And on this handout, there are at least 50 things that will help you with your grief or with your prolonged grief disorder. Because if they're, they have identity confusion or mark sense of disbelief that it was a suicide or they're avoiding reminders or this intense emotional pain, they need this handout. If they have difficulty moving on in life or feeling emotionally numb for quite some time and life is meaningless and they have intense loneliness because they're shutting themselves out, they need to sit back and say, how can I help myself? What do I need? And every single person will respond to that in a different, in a different way. I just hope, my hope is that they find meaning in loss, that they continue the bonds with the person who ended their life, that they don't beat themselves up and that they reach out for support. You know, there's the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. There's the Association of Suicidology, SPAN, SAVE, a Friends for Survival. There are so many organizations dedicated to helping survivors like myself. You are not alone. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the most important things and reasons why I invited you on our podcast because I had heard too many attempted suicides over the past year and and suicides, unfortunately, that had been completed. And I wanted to just bring someone like you to our listeners here today to to share with them uh, more about what, what you experienced and that really just giving them the permission that it's okay to feel the way you feel. And I love how you reminded us, don't, don't beat yourself up. Don't, don't judge yourself. Don't, don't carry the weight of that. Remember also who you are, that you are the amazing, incredible, and beautiful person that you are. And that person made a choice and a decision. Uh, so Barbara, how can someone find and follow you? I just, I just want to share one more thing. Yeah. When you share that, it's like, yes, you know, don't beat yourself up, but who am I now? Who am I now? that my child ended their life? Am I still a mom? Who am I now that, that my, my, my wife or my parent died by suicide? Am I, still, am I still their child? Am I still their son, their cousin? Their, am I still a dad? Who am I? And we struggle with that. 
And as you struggle with that, I just want to say that you are still their parent. You are still their child. You are still. And in that stillness, remember who they were and continue the bond with them and be, continue to be who you were then in that moment now. If your listeners and viewers want to get in touch with me, uh, my email is my name, Barbara, B-A-R-B-A-R-A Rubel, R-U-B-E-L at barbarubel.com. I have a website, griefworkcenter.com. Um, I think this uh, handout is also available on my free resources tab. Also link in with me if you want to follow me where I'm, I'm going to be speaking, um, especially in the coming months. I'll be on the road again since um, the pandemic is coming to an end, thank goodness. And I just want to thank you, Karen, for, for inviting me to speak on this topic because this is still shunned and there's still a stigma and a lot of people are, they don't want to talk about it. So thank you for, for, for caring about suicide loss survivors like myself. I truly, truly appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. And I appreciate every word of wisdom and an idea and inspiration and, and something we can actually walk away today doing to help us and take care of us even more in these situations. Um, and this handout will be as a download. If you look below on the podcast, this is a link to that, that, that handout uh, for free from Barbara. So Barbara, thank you for your time. Thank you for um, the beautiful person that you are. And I wish you the best day. Thank you so much. And and my book, But I Didn't Say Goodbye, Helping Families After a Suicide, the updated uh, third edition is available on Amazon. So you may want to check that out as well. And thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. If you're, you're grieving, God bless you and go slow. Thank you. Hey there, it's Karin. I hope that you're enjoying the show. And by the way, if you're a mom who wants to learn how to help your child when they're struggling behaviorally or facing challenges in school, get started today by getting my free short video course, Three Steps to Happy Healthy Kids at www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in learning how to have a happy, healthy life with your kids. So head on over to www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video and grab your free gift today. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry. Be happy.